Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio on the Airwaves dial at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who say... Ding dong, the king is dead. Which old king? The rapey king. Wait, which king? <laughs> Amazing. Oh, that's your best effort yet. So good. Uh, the Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Okay, I've been so excited about this episode for so long. <laughs> okay, so before we talk about The Last Kingdom, let, no, I'm kidding. Oh, God. <laughs> well, I was thinking we could talk about Outlander first, because it was only one episode. Yeah, okay, let's do that. Instead That's of a whole fair. season of The Last Kingdom. Yeah, which, like, Jesus Christ, there was a lot of things going on. Oh, so many things. Okay. I even made notes. For Last Kingdom? Yes. Oh, my goodness, I didn't do notes. Shit, I well, should have done only notes. because... Only because the last time I watched them all on Sunday and it was a lot happening, so I had to, like, write some things down. Oh, yeah, because you mainlined it. That's right. I sure did. (laughs) Okay, Okay, Outlander. Outlander. Um, excellent. Okay, moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Actually, I quite enjoyed this episode of Outlander. For a whole bunch of reasons. Um, because they took a storyline that extends well into the sixth book and, like, capped it off. Mm-hmm. In this so then it's done and we don't have to, like, have it drawn out. Yeah. And also, like, anymore. we kept talking in the last few episodes about how the whole Stephen Bonnet stuff was just, like, hanging over ours and the characters' heads and it was just, like getting nowhere towards anything being resolved and it was causing all these conflicts so it was really nice to have that actually come to a close spoiler alert Stephen Bonin's dead now hell yeah Um, he is and he like he dies in the books and whatever I I can't remember the circumstance of his death in the book I feel like it's like in the middle of like after the the sort of the the seeds of revolution have started to sprout a little bit and it's like in the middle of all of that shit mm. um, that he ends up dying. But it, it definitely happens in the sixth book. And so I was actually pretty impressed that they that they did it the way that they did and kind of capped it all in one episode. It was like the culmination of the Stephen Bonnet saga. Mm-hmm. But my fucking favorite part is how they, like, you know, Bonnet had, you know, set up a meeting with uh, uh, Alexander Malcolm to, you know, whatever. And so... Uh, Ian is going to pretend to be Alexander Malcolm, and then Bonnet, of course, sends his men while Bonnet is, like, off looking for Brianna and kidnaps Brianna, blah, 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 all this kind of stuff. My favorite part about the whole thing, though, is that when they're in this little hut, Roger says to Jamie that Bonnet is his, and then Bree's the one who kills him. Yeah, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> yes, I was so happy, because I was, like, thinking about that as the episode was going on, I was like, wait a minute, if anyone fucking deserves to be the one to kill Bree, or to kill Bonnet... It should be Brie. I think, like, I get what Roger's saying to Jamie, that, like, when the opportunity comes, I want to be the one to kill him. Yeah. Which we saw was not never going to happen, because Roger, like, couldn't. Anyway, He's, whatever. Yeah, we've talked a lot about He's Roger. inept. <laughs> uh, and, his, and his ineptitude showed, uh, again, in this one, mm-hmm. where he was, like, unable to kill a guy coming at him. So I don't think he'd have been able to kill Bonnet. So I get between Jamie and Roger, it should have been Roger, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because Bonnet put... Roger's, like, 
immediate family into this turmoil. So that I can appreciate. But the fact that when it happened at the end, um, and Brie, it was it was actually like strangely poetic. I thought mm-hmm. um, that they, you know, she instead of killing him right out outright, she uh, wanted him to go to trial, and then you know let have and then be judged ultimately for what he had done. And he was sentenced to death by drowning, which like they tied him to a stake in the water and just left him there. I know. And when I saw that happening, I think I texted you, and I was just like. This is just one of those things about <sighs> happened in Last Kingdom this season too, but mm-hmm. where people are just like, well, I'll just let nature take its course and walk away. And it's always like, fuck, these are the ways in which people get out of what we would consider justice. Like, just hang him. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. But, but then I, when when Bree shoots him from long, you know, from long distance because she's a crack shot, which we know she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Roger's like, "Oh, is it just to make sure he's dead?" And I'm like, "Why did you have to say anything?" Like, obviously, Roger. Or he said something about like, was it mercy? Yeah, was it mercy or was it just to make sure he's dead? And I was just like, none of it matters. Fucking duh! Like, oh my god, that made me to be perfect. To be perfectly honest, I feel like there was a little element of mercy in that. Um, I think I think just knowing. I mean, because she could have just let him right and like let him drown. Sure. And watched it happen, right? Because she was very clearly there. Like, it's not like you Mm -hmm. know hoping that it but I kind of feel like because when he got shot the water was like right up around his mouth and I don't maybe mercy's not the right word maybe she started watching him struggle I don't really know but I I I feel like because she waited as long as she did there was just sort of this element of like it's over now like you know what I mean it's maybe not a mercy thing but it's like it's done now and now Mm -hmm. we can close this chapter of our lives yeah and not only is it closed with Stephen Bonnet, it's closed with fucking Peregrine Duke. What oh was boy, that? How was it ever? I was like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay, did you also think like I did that Jocasta was like fucking with him? Kind of a little bit. But she wasn't. No, it, it. but it sort of seemed like she was. I know, was, like, I thought, just, like, she like, had some sort listing of... Listing off fucking numbers, like, oh, just give this person who's sort of not my family this much money, and, like, yeah, just and whatever. Not, not 100 pounds, 200 pounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> it just felt so performative, and I was like, does she have some, like, fucking spy in a pub who saw these two conspiring together, and, like... But no, it was totally legitimate, and I was just like what is happening and for him to just like lose his cool and just start what does he do does he try to choke her to death he smothered her oh right with a pillow that's with right with the pillow and then her and then her like attendant her, he just fucking picks him up by his neck and breaks it and that's the end of it and and that's the end of it for the episode. Like no yeah, resolution like on that no. whatsoever. Although I did see, I did see a preview for the upcoming episode, and he's in it, and he's speaking with Claire. So they they're the not going to just yes, okay, they're not going to just like, not address it. <laughs> Zip it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he's he's in he's in the upcoming episode. Um, and so they're not going to just not address it. And he says something about how, like, he doesn't know what he's going to do now that he's a murderer, ultimately. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, oh, fair enough. I see. <laughs> but yeah, like, it was just, it was funny. And then I watched, um, 
the two towers, I think on Tuesday. Uh-huh. No, I went to work on Tuesday, so it must have been Monday. I put it on in the background when I was doing some work upstairs. Because um, it's one of those things that I've watched enough that, like, I don't need to watch it. Yeah. But everyone, when I hear, like, certain things, I'm like, oh, I'm going to watch this a little bit, and then I'll go back to what I was doing. But it was just so funny, because then when I saw him, I was just like, <laughs> I, can't, I couldn't. I know. It's Because so in the two hard. towers, they're so guileless, right? Because that's when him and him and Mary are, like, On off their own, yeah. with the Ents. And then and they're just, like, these, it's just so funny. And then I was like, no, I can't, I can't see you as a bad person at all. No, but, like... In Outlander, I fucking bought it. Like, when he started to, like, get up and just, like, pace around, I was like, oh, yeah. no, what is this foppish boy about to do? Well, and it was funny, too, because she asks him if he's writing it down, because she very clearly didn't hear him writing. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yes, yes, you know, whatever. And I was like, fuck you, no, you're not. And then I was like, oh, something terrible is going to happen. I don't like this at all. Yeah, me neither. Don't, do not fuck with Jocasta. Like. No. Absolutely no. not. She has she has been through some shit. Yeah. And she's still better than you, so. Absolutely. Um, I read a review of the episode, speaking of our last one where we called Jamie, or the one before where we called Jamie, like, the king of all men. Mm-hmm. The review of this one called Jamie the king of men. And I was like, oh, good. Someone was listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> what I found, like, super interesting about this episode, too, was when... Stephen Bonnet kidnapped Bree, brought him to where, or brought her where, to wherever the fuck his little house was, and, like, held her captive in that room. Every time he moved, it was so, like, explosive that mm-hmm. I was just, like, on edge the whole time. And I was so impressed by the actor who played Stephen Bonnet and how he can make him so terrifying when he's mm-hmm. just, he he wasn't doing anything scary. No. Well, and in that first like bit when they're like having dinner and when she's reading to him, which like that was a fucking brilliant scene, mm-hmm. as she's like reading a, a, an engineering book ultimately to him, but he like can't read. So there we go. Um, what I found really interesting too, and I think maybe the thing that I regret about the storyline being over is I really like the guy that played Stephen Bonnet. Mm-hmm. And I thought he was a phenomenal actor. Mm-hmm. And and I really enjoyed, like, as much as you don't like him, I enjoyed when he was on screen. Mm-hmm. To he watch. was so unpredictable. And to watch that, like, maelstrom around him and, like, just yes. all of the shit, right? And and so that's a thing that I, I regret about that choice. Like, I get why they did it and it makes sense to, like, get rid of that storyline hanging over everybody. But... I'm going to miss the actor mm-hmm. and the character, mm-hmm. even though he was, you know, just a right bastard. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But when, in all of that, like, I got the sense, and this is what I liked about the portrayal, I got the sense in that scene that, like, there were elements of what he was doing that were quite genuine. See, that's what I was going to ask you, if you believed all his like vulnerability did you i think i think a little bit i don't know if i don't think he was necessarily like you know i don't think all of his intentions were pure and like don't get me wrong here but i think that like i think what brie had said to him when he was in the jail and she said that she was pregnant Mm -hmm. and that there was going to be something of him left Mm -hmm. 
I feel like that, like, that clearly stuck with him somehow. And, like, all of the things that he's probably done since then have somehow been to get to that point where he can have his son. And have some sort of a legacy. And have a legacy that's not just, you know, him doing all of these super shitty things. But the problem with him is, like, he doesn't know how to. Yeah, and that's what I was, like, having trouble swallowing. Because I was like, just stop raping people. (laughs) Stop hurting people. I mean, like, there's... There is a way, and there's a very easy way to stop raping people. <laughs> but I sort I sort of feel like the kind of life that he had, which we don't know a lot about him, mm-hmm. right? But the little bits and pieces that you get, it very much like he didn't have any kind of compassion or kindness in his life at all, right? Mm-hmm. And had to, like, you know, scrap and scrape his way through everything. And as he got older and got better at it, realized that that's how he could sort of make his mark in the world. Mm-hmm. Right? And and then all of a sudden, then she gives him this this quick little statement that's like, you know, I there's I'm pregnant and, you know, it's yours ultimately. And, like, we all know that it's Stephen Bonnet's kid and that's fine. Um, but, like, when she says that to him, it's, like, maybe the first time in his life that there's been something else, like, that to consider. That he has to, yeah, care about or whatever. And so I do think that some of what he was doing was sincere. Mm-hmm. He just, like, legitimately did not know how to go about that and, like, mm. build any kind of, um, any kind of, you know, goodwill from anyone else. Yeah. Because as soon, as soon as that situation turned, right, he was ready to hold Brie captive for the rest of her life. And also sell her to the highest bidder. Yeah, like, so, because as, as soon as he realized or, or believed that it wasn't sincere, um, then all of a sudden he was like, well, this is done, I can't, there's nothing I can do anymore, right? And that, and that's probably just from what we know about him and what we've seen of him, he's very impetuous. But also, right? like... As soon as something doesn't work, he's just like, well, fuck it, we're gonna do something different. Yeah, or just destroys it and moves on. Yeah. But, of course, we've got a prostitute... With heart of gold. <laughs> and by that I mean she really wants gold. <laughs> yeah. And also a bum hip, apparently. And a bum hip. <laughs> fucking Claire's fucking... My favorite the fucking game when they walked into that brothel and <laughs> she's like, oh, we don't usually... <laughs> cater to women, but... Cater to women, but okay. okay. <laughs> Just like fucking rides. Oh, so funny. Just... Fiscally conservative, socially liberal brothel, as always. Oh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, and and the holes, like I thought, the where wherever Bonnet's house was, and like all of that landscape, it was gorgeous. Like the whole, that's why, like even the with him in the water and whatever, all of that was very poetic. Mm-hmm. In in a lot of ways, like it, it felt, it was one of the episodes I think this season so far that to me has felt the most cinematic. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And to have him in so many ways, like hoisted on his own petard, with uh, how many people has he killed by drowning them? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, damn, son, throwing kids well, out I- ship windows in the middle of the ocean. 
Yeah, I know. Well, and it was interesting too, like, it, like thing when I was thinking about it, because like all of that, that whole, you know, the fact that you had to take a boat to get to his place, mm-hmm. what I thought was really interesting too, right? Like that he's, you know, everybody knows who he is and they kind of see him around, but like at the end of the day, he has this like this retreat ultimately. Yeah, and it's a self-imposed isolation. Yeah, where he escapes, and which is one of the reasons why I think some of what he was saying to Brie was sincere. Mm. Right, because I think he, I, I feel like he's not stupid. Like that's for sure something about Bonnet you could never say. But I feel like he recognized in himself that he had to be away from people, mm-hmm. and that's like the only time where he like really ever let his guard down. Because I feel like every other time we saw him out in public, he was he wasn't vulnerable. Because he was in a situation where he was sort of making all of the rules. Mm. But I think at the end of this, when they end up coming back and capturing him and, and, and whatever, and they find him, I think, you know, even though he's in his, like, safe place, he wasn't the one making the rules. Yeah. And so it was... It's rare for him to not be in a situation of advantage or power, because usually his advantage or power is uncontrolled cruelty (laughs) yeah yeah he's all he is always in charge of every situation Mm -hmm. he's chaotic evil oh very much so and as brie was like reading to him like it was funny i was thinking about that in just in that action of, of her sitting there reading and like obviously she's sitting away from him so he can't see the book and whatever mm-hmm. um but I was one. I was thinking, found myself thinking, like, I wonder when the last time anyone did something nice for him or to him. Well, that prostitute seemed to really like him. Oh yeah, she. Yeah, I think she liked the money. Probably that whole thing was awful. But also, um, like, a what? <laughs> when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, Brie, torture him by making him listen to Moby Dick. <laughs> Fucking hate that book. <laughs> But no, I just, it was just so weird. It was just a, like, because she, she just did it and she understood sort of why she was doing it and whatever. And so she sits down and starts reciting this book from memory. But I just, I, it, the thought crossed my mind. Like, when is the last time that anybody would have done something, like, even remotely kind for him or to him? My yeah. guess is, like, in childhood. But probably. yeah, and then he retreats into this, like, childhood or childlike persona almost Mm -hmm. it was really bizarre and then and then he doesn't get his way Mm -hmm. and then has a tantrum essentially about it Mm -hmm. and then the shit hits the fan it was a really good episode like i was i was actually really impressed with it all especially because they pulled stuff from elsewhere and like you know brought this storyline to a close yeah Um, it was really satisfactory it was it was really really well done and i think the thing i liked the best about it is like Again, it was a small thing. Like, the whole, the weight, I mean, we know that the weight of the world is coming for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had these episodes in the last, you know, three or four where it's been pretty small stuff. Which is kind of nice, right? Like, little small, like, again, family style conflict and, and whatever. And I kind of am enjoying that. Because I just saw a preview for the next one. And yes, um, Lord John is back in Hell the next yeah. one. Uh, and then there's, like, a house that has burned down and, like, dead bodies in it. So terrible things are, are coming. Um, 
that we know of. So it's been kind of nice these last few that they've been these sort of small family oriented. I was thinking about that and I was like, what, what would happen if it was the reverse and Jamie would have been brought into the sixties? Like what would their conflicts be? Like would Brie be like fucking Deborah, the PTA goddamn criticizing me for being an engineer and not being a mother again and jamie's like who <laughs> who's this deborah where does she live <laughs> i will speak to her husband about her <laughs> exactly <laughs> i will convey true, myself a, in the automobile <laughs> that's a really good question that's like a, that's a fa- that's a fascinating question actually because like it makes sense that we have these these people from modern times, quote unquote, going back and like all of these, you know, adjusting to to life. But yeah, like if if Jamie's in in the sixties, oh, he'd end up like in Vietnam or something. Oh, probably. Just like can't can't live. He, he'd end war. up he'd, he'd end up in Vietnam, but he would like he'd end up fighting with the Vietnamese somehow. <laughs> no, not no, not with the Viet Cong. No, no, no. But he would be he wouldn't be necessarily fighting with the Viet with the Viet Cong, but he would ultimately somehow as like a six oh four redhead whatever somehow become a spy because he can speak French, don't forget. Um <laughs> and that would be very useful and very handy in, you know, immediate mm-hmm. post colonial Vietnam. Uh and somehow Jamie would be like the hero of the Vietnam War. Somehow. Somehow. Yeah. Jesus, Jamie, King yeah. of Men. So having having Claire go back in time made a lot more sense, I think, than having Jamie come forward in time. <laughs> yeah, he would have he would have so much catching up to do. Good. Because I kind of I feel like it would be a little bit of like George of the Jungle. But don't you think he would enjoy like plumbing and advances made in? Sex toys. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would. Well, I also here's I I I think he would probably. I feel like he would not thrive though, because I think the thing that enables Claire and Brie and Roger to a certain extent to thrive in the past is that they're learning new things. Mm-hmm. And they're and trying they to, to lo- find a certain role to fill. And they're also trying to make a life that is mm-hmm. comfortable and semi-resembles something that they're used to. Okay. Whereas I th- Here's my no, theory. No, but you know what I mean. Here's my okay. theory. Okay. <laughs> Jamie starts a commune like Jonestown. <laughs> In the Oregon wild. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> no. What Ooh. happens, actually, is Jamie just becomes, like, David Koresh and, like, done. That's the... And eventually, because the thing about him is, like, he doesn't like the government. No. Right? So he's, he would be, he wouldn't be like, a, it wouldn't be like a Jonestown thing or even a Waco thing necessarily. But what was, there was that, uh, the thing that happened before Waco, was it Ruby Ridge where, the, like, the FBI? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that would be Jamie. No, what if he ended be up like, being, like, the president of the IRS? <laughs> There, there would be, there would be like a, eleven family members living on this compound. Yeah, and they wouldn't be doing anything wrong, but somehow they would run afoul of the government, and someone would die. Like I don't know, someone yeah. would end up being shot. Um, 
But I think that's the difference. I think with him, I think with Jamie coming forward in time, I think he would have a real, I think he'd have a real problem finding a role for himself. Oh, yeah. It would right? be. Because he would have to get used to like women, you know, having thoughts and jobs and things like that. And, and not having to like, not having to cut down cut your own firewood to heat your home like all of that kind of stuff you know what I mean I think he would have a real hard time figuring out where he fit yeah he'd which is why he'd end up in Vietnam <laughs> yeah exactly he'd have some sort of military role there's no doubt about that can you imagine Jamie Fraser coming forward to the future right before the moon landing oh god like three days before there's no he'd be like a conspiracy theorist like he would, yeah, absolutely. He would know what to believe with his eyes. No, that would be absolutely <laughs> fucking crazy. Like, I think that would just be the most nuts thing in the world. Oh, God. Can you imagine, uh, like, even just a radio would yeah. freak him the fuck out? Or a telephone. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, I don't know, a train? <laughs> Like, can you imagine? <laughs> like, fucking, like a fucking steam engine. And he would just be like, what is this? Yeah. Because well, we're, we're not quite at that point yet, right? Like, that, yeah. those developments are, like, kind of just beginning with where we're at right now. In their and there's timeline. a long so, way like, to go still before that's perfected. Yeah. Well, it, but even just, like, being able to travel across the ocean and not on a fucking tall ship. Like, mm-hmm. Oh man, poor poor boy. <laughs> His brain would just be melted, and he would just be like curled up. Yeah, I think he gets in super into sport though. Oh, probably. Like he'd be a good rugby player. Rugby for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, can we move on to the? Yeah, we can. Let's do it. Okay. All spoilers. All spoilers. Here's yeah, for morning. the next hour, probably. <laughs> yes. Spent okay, way too so, much time on Outlander. I'm so upset. Uh, no, it's fine. It, we it was fun. It was fun conversation. It was like speculative Outlander fiction. Um, okay, we watched. Uh, we both watched um, the fourth season of The Last Kingdom, um, and uh, it was real good. It was so good. It was. So it's getting good. better. The show is getting better as it goes on. And it's wild, because, like, season one is crazy good. Yeah. And I couldn't believe how satisfying the conclusion was to this season. And you were right. You said that afterwards you had to, like, take a minute and just, like, oh yeah, let it all sink in. And I had to, yeah. too. I was, like, oddly moved at the end. But there's not really a ton to be, like, emotionally moved about. No, but it was, like, there was some really interesting, really, really good stuff. And, again, for me, I've read all the books, so, like, I know what's coming. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting for me watching it is, like, what are they going to do, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what parts are they keeping in? What parts are they taking out? Because that's always an interesting thing to me. Yeah, for sure. With an adaptation. So, like, I knew kind of where the last book ended. And I think the the eighth book is called The Empty Throne, which makes sense. Um, I'm pretty sure that's the title of it. Um, but, yeah, like, it was just, it was really, really well done. Um, there were some really great battle scenes. Hell, yeah. But there's also which, some really bad CGI this season. 
Did you notice There it? was. There was some really bad CGI. One of the best battle scenes had some really bad CGI. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, that's terrible. But it was a great battle scene. Um, and then we got introduced to, like, the world got a little bit bigger, and we got introduced to the Welsh. Mm-hmm. And... Who are just uh, fucking dicks. They really are. No, maybe that's why their colors aren't on the on the UK flag. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's why there's no green. Um, um, no. So yeah, we our world got expanded a little bit. Uh, Uhtred's family, his kids are older, obviously, mm-hmm. and we see them, which is kind of fun. Loved it. Loved that was awesome. Loved everything about the kids being involved. The actors and playing the kids fucking crushed had, like it. five episodes of Uhtred and his merry men, just like. Palling around the forest. Oh my god. Just like... <laughs> Which is fucking sweet. Just like doing odd jobs. <laughs> getting yes. shit done. Like it was Keeping awesome. Keeping people and, alive. Yeah. And hanging out with kids, which was like the best part of... It was so good. I loved... So cute. I really liked it. Loved Finnan with Ethelstan. Just like... Ugh. When have we ever seen Finn have to interact with children? Like, I know. So well, and it was the best. One of the best moments of this entire season is when everybody learns who Ethelstan is, mm-hmm. and Osford is like, "Welcome to the bastard life." Yeah, Osford. <laughs> oh man, his sass level so is good. through the roof. Love how he's just like <laughs> he's riding the line between religious man and warrior i think yeah. better than any of the two previous <laughs> father peer league and father bayoka have done like oh yeah so great yeah he is he is it's it, no it was a really good season i was i was super impressed with it um and it was really funny because before we started before it came out you had texted me and asked a question uh, about whether or not ethelfled and Uhtred Get together. No, you didn't ask. Get together. Or you said that they should. And I was like, of course they should. Knowing, of course, what I knew. I was like, I'm just going to let this one sit for a while. And then there it was in episode one. And I was just like, yes. And there's no lead up to it all. All of a sudden, no. you're like, hey, where's Uhtred? Oh, he's fucking Ethelfled? Are you kidding me? We get a yeah. sex scene first? Like, <laughs> thank you, Last Kingdom. Thank you. What did I do to deserve this? Yeah, it's uh, it was good. All of it was great. Um, and what I thought was really, really interesting too is the shift from like season three, early season three, to season four with Aldhelm because he's very clearly switched allegiances to mm-hmm. the lady from the Lord because Ethelred is a fucking dick. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, obviously he's in love with her, so like that's a sort of a separate issue. But I like their little like they're friends. Like they get along well, the mm-hmm. two of them. And, and I like that as well. And he is, I think, he's come a long way in terms of, like, his intelligence of, like, political situations and social situations. And he's, like, a legit advisor to her now that's mm-hmm. pretty solid. And it seems like the Merry Men seem to find him solid, too, and trust him. Yes. And, like, I feel like over time he will become one of the Merry Men. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a there's an opening, and I feel like he'll just fit right in. Mm-hmm. And that'll be just fine. Um, okay, so what do we, how do we want to tackle this? Oh, my God, I don't even know. I since So here's where we left season three. Here's, here's Alfred is dead at the end of season three. Yeah. Which, and there there's always, there's questions. Like, the whole idea of hereditary succession was not a thing, necessarily. Um... 
it, it was not like it was never legislated until much much later that that's how succession worked um and so oftentimes you know the kings would choose their successor um and i remember taking a course in medieval history uh medieval english history in university and my professor would always depending on who we were talking about in that particular week he would say boy kings are bad but uncles are worse (laughs) um (laughs) Oh man, ain't that the truth? <laughs> Which I I will I'll, every and, and as as I was watching the show, I was always thinking of that. But yeah, like boy kings are bad and uncles are worse. And at the end of season three, Edward is in place, in place, but he's very young, mm-hmm. and he's very <laughs> easy to manipulate. Oh, so easy! Except he doesn't listen to his mother, and I was shocked, Megan. Shock to my very core because for three seasons, Elswith was just the fucking worst. And in season four, I was like, You're going out there and you're doing shit. You're making good moves, bold moves. You're achieving something. Like, I was just like cheering for her. I had, I know, and I had sympathy for her. Couldn't believe it. Yeah. Also, side note, did you know that the actress who plays her is 26? Yeah. She's only, like, two years older than Ethelflaed. Yeah, which is crazy. But anyway. um, And she's, like, she's a knockout, too, in real life. Hell yeah. When she's not, like, when she doesn't have her hair, like, all braided and, like, you know, smoothed down and no makeup. (laughs) and Yeah, like, she's an absolute knockout. Um, Anyway, that's an aside. But I I thought that was really funny that she's so young. Mm -hmm. Um, And is playing, you know, the widow of... uh, I was playing the widow of a king. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, Edward is, is in place, and he's set to rule in Wessex. Um, and then he's taking advice from some really shitty people. Uh-huh. Is basically the problem. Oh, Ethelhelm was just... Ugh. Everything he did, and especially how he delivered it, I was just like, you are... Jeremy Irons, like you are Scar. Why would anyone listen to you? Like you have everything about you says schemer. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how, like how you carry yourself, how you speak, how you act, like how does no one else see that? Like nothing about him felt genuine. No, no. It, it was all very much obviously a ploy to get his way. Mm-hmm. And to secure his family's Future. So here's a question that I have. This is a question. And I don't know how many people lived in England in this time period. But how the fuck does everybody know who everyone is? Yeah, I don't know that. That's either. always a question that I've had. It's the same, Actually, it's the same in Outlander. Like, well, how does everybody know just from, like, sight unseen? Like, you know, they've never seen this person before. Oh, you must be this person. How the fuck would you know that? <sighs> well, if I saw Uchid walking toward me, I'd be like, oh, you're the Dane killer. <laughs> Oh, yes, absolutely. There's no question in my mind. But, like, you know, it's just it's just this weird thing when new people are introduced to, like, new places that they've... It's like, oh, you're this person. Like, how the fuck? And how did they believe that messengers were who they said they were? And, like, all I of know, this kind of and stuff. And just, like, took it took it on credit that everything yeah. everyone said was legit. And I was just like, Which, can go I mean, check. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. go Clearly check. Clearly it was not legit because everybody dies, so... And also, like, that's a huge thing that... Uhtred has to deal with when he tries to take Bebber Bird, and it's just like, 
a yeah. huge failure because he doesn't have all the information he needs, which is yeah. so unlike him. And that's why I was a little bit peeved at the start because it felt like he's very impulsive, but it, mm-hmm. he's not impulsive when it comes to war. Like he, he's very considered and he likes to think of like, okay, what, how does the enemy think? Yes. And, and in that uh, situation, I, it just felt so ridiculous. I don't think he considered. Like, I loved in that first episode when, like, Finnan and Citric came back. Mm-hmm. And just, like, the shit talk that happened, like, when they when they got off the boat. And, like, because it's, it's a good reminder that, like, over time, and obviously time has passed from last season until this season and whatever. Um, it's a good reminder that, like, the, there are people who, like not only are they fighting together, but they, like, you know, they clearly get along, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, there's, like, the good shit-talking that happens and stuff. Um, but I think what happened for him in his mind, he was just like, oh, well, if that's the case... Let's do it. Let's do it right now. How hard could it be? Because, like, to be fair, as much as he's not impulsive in war, he's been very fortunate, right? And, like, he has come out of some... Scrapes. Some <laughs> terribly, terribly... Uh, uh, bad scrapes. Just fine, mostly, mm-hmm. right? And and so I think he was just like, oh, here's one more thing. And, I mean, I knew that uh, Bianca was going to die. Um, but it was just funny the way that it was done in the show. Because it's like, all of a, as soon as he's like, oh, I'm here to join you, I was like, oh, that's bad news for you. <laughs> Clearly, you're not going to make it. Yeah. I was... <laughs> I was also suspicious that something was going to happen because... It felt like when he went to go see Hild and Bayaka, and he was like, come with me. And they were like, no, we've got purpose here. It felt like everyone was saying goodbye for good. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, no, this isn't great. <laughs> something, mm-hmm. something bad's going to happen. <laughs> um, and the downside of the season was there wasn't enough Hild. Hell no, she's only in one episode. But she's not in she's not in these books much, right? Aww. So like like yeah, it's fine. Um but so the thing the thing with Bianca that, that caught me was when Uhtred called him father. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh yeah, he's definitely gonna die. Um and this it's gonna happen very soon. Right? Like regardless, just because it felt to me like what they do on The Walking Dead, the episode before they kill somebody, um, like somebody who's super important, they usually give, it's usually an episode like about that person. Yeah, they get lots of screen time, they get lots of emotional moments. Yeah, and so I was just like, but I was happy that they didn't do it at the end of episode two and that they did it at the beginning of three instead. Yeah, it was still shocked. I gasped and like cried out when it happened. Mm-hmm. But for him, like, what, he was there protecting Uhtred's boy. Like, what yeah. What a moving yeah. moment for him. And everything that came after in that episode was just so heartbreaking. Oh, like, like Uhtred breaking down and Finnan having to be the one to, like... Yes, but Finnan was also crying. Like, yeah. it was just such a beautiful moment. And, like, for... Um, young Uhtred to be like, I understand now and I will follow you. Like, that whole relationship was gorgeously done as well. I was really yeah. impressed. The amount of, well, like, I'm... redeeming of his family mm-hmm. that happened was really gorgeous. 
Well, and I also think that uh, it was good for young Uhtred to see mm-hmm. his father as not just a warrior. Mm-hmm. And not just, you know, this sort of... Because he comes across, I think, a lot of times as quite aloof. Um, but also, like, a mythic figure. Yeah, yeah. But I think in his interactions with people and, and stuff, like, he comes across... Um, aloof and uncaring and Mm -hmm. we know that's not true but like I don't know that his kid would have known that necessarily yeah well right Stiora for sure doesn't they have an excellent relationship yeah but but I think it was good for for young Uhtred to see that like his father is capable of that like range of human emotion Mm -hmm. and that he is uh, you know beyond behind the armor and and you know the the Dane killer moniker and all this kind of stuff like he is just a man Mm-hmm. And he's not a mythic figure. And, like, this um, was a major defeat. Like, his first defeat, really, other than losing mm-hmm. um, Earl Ragnar and all that at the start. But that wasn't of his doing. No. No, and then I think that that, that speech that Finnan gave to young Uhtred was really good, too. Mm-hmm. About how many years that he's fought alongside him and, you know, he was doing this for you, mm-hmm. not for himself. Um, and that whole, that notion of like, you know, he's, this is, this is ultimately, this is how Uchid shows people that he cares, right? Is that he will risk his life, risk his life for you ultimately. Mm. Yes. Um, yeah, that was really, I thought all of that was, was really well done. And then that fucking battle in episode four, holy shit. Seriously. It was amazing. It was the best one I think so far. That's why I was kind of Absolutely. really disappointed by the Wessex one at the end. Cause <laughs> the episode four one was so fucking good. Well, the, but the battle in Wessex, like that one in the book, it was very much like ripped right out of the book. Mm. Cause it is just a stalemate forever and ever. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that one, in, fuck, that one in episode four, like, it was just so good. What was and it, I like, Yeah. Yeah. And I like when they came over the ridge and there's nobody there. Yeah. And they're just all like, fuck, now what do we do? Because <laughs> there's nine of us. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, there's no one else. And then they, they go, you know, down and they figure out what's going on. And then, the, then Uhtred, like, makes a plan, which we don't see much of. Until it happens, which I kind of liked that they didn't show us what they were doing. Me too. I knew exactly what it was. But yeah, but it was nice not to see it. Yeah. Because um, what they did is they covered the stream bed with um, sticks and leaves. To and then the ho- kill everyone, and essentially. The, and the horses all fell in. Yeah. Giggling as you say the horses all <laughs> fell in. Oh my god! It reminded me a lot of the of in Braveheart, like it, the same sort of plan when they let the the cavalry get that close and then they raise the pikes. Ugh. It reminded me a lot of like the same kind of thinking, yeah. you know, in order to like to to trick them. Um, and then those fucking Welshmen, man, they are vicious. <laughs> yeah, they are. Um, so, well, we should back up, because you texted me in episode one or two or whatever it was, I can't remember, uh, but what's his name? Um, Ethelred's... Aired Wolf. Yes, and you were like, hello, and I was like, oh, just wait. Oh, yeah, <laughs> well, he's like... <sighs> the first two episodes, you're like, okay, I sympathize with you, like, you've been disgraced, you're trying to get back into your good books, like, you're the head of the captain's or the king's guard or whatever, like, you've clearly worked hard to get here. And your sister is his mistress. Yeah, like, I don't care if you're scheming, it seems like you're scheming for a good purpose. And oh Mm -hmm. boy, did it go downhill from 
<laughs> does it ever. So as a so so yeah, what's his name again? Erdwolf. Erdwolf, right. So he yeah, as the captain of the, the King's Guard, he is ultimately responsible for the military decisions. And he uh, lies to the king mm-hmm. about what's happening in Mercia. Sure does. Uh, which is real bad. It is, but it <laughs> ultimately leads to Ethelred's death, so <laughs> I don't care. Yes, and like a, like a little tiny, tiny bit of redemption with Ethelred, just a tiny bit. I don't think um, so. Everything he said, I was like, too fucking late, my dude. No, the only thing, no, the thing that I think was that was, was his little moment of redemption is where he agreed with Ethelred about betrothing her. Yeah. I thought that was, like, I mean, it was a concession, ultimately, to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that he did it was, I think, is, you know, he, real, he realized in in those dying moments that, like, oh, fuck, I was a real asshole. Because um, he was such an asshole. Oh, my God. He was. But, what like, when we were talking about Outlander, I was like, wait a minute. Like, Ethelred said the exact same shit that Stephen Bonnet did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, pretty oh, much. I never knew, like, love and compassion. It's just like, yeah, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you go out and you act like you do. Like, give me a yeah. break. Yeah. But yeah, so, yeah, so they get, we get to this battle and, you know, everyone sort of shows up um, and Edward and the soldiers from Wessex are last. Mm-hmm. And... Because they're like, not our problem. Yeah, and, and then Edward afterwards is pissed because they were last. Ultimately. Yeah. And they didn't get to pillage anything. Yeah. And so during the course of the battle, Ethelred is struck in the head and receives what ultimately becomes a fatal head injury. Which is like, fuck me, that thing was disgusting. Yeah, but someone makes it fatal. <laughs> well, I think he was going to die from it anyway. I just feel like... Um, he hurried it up a teeny Yeah, it was just hurried up just a little bit. Uh, so Ethelred dies in episode five. He's the rapey and, king I sang about in the intro. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's very much the rapey king, it's true. Um, and he is killed by his uh, the captain of his guard mm-hmm. uh, while he's laying on his deathbed anyway. Um, and little does uh, he know that his own sister Edith saw it happen. Mm-hmm. And she uses it against him in the most delightful way. Yes, but I was also shocked because I had this like deep doubt in me where I was like this is a ploy like she obviously one of the daughters is sick she's gonna take her back and this will be like a trap of some sort for Ethelfled or something I was just like I'm not quite sure if I can absolutely trust you yet mm-hmm. well and I thought it was so she shows up she's been instructed then um by Ethelfled to find Uhtred. Mm-hmm. Because, um... Don't even bother, Megan. <laughs> because <laughs> Ethelflaed's daughter has been betrothed. To Erdwolf. Against her yeah. will. To Erdwolf. Because of whatever. And that was a thing that Ethelred didn't want to have happen. Uh-huh. Because it happened to her, wife. and she had a super shitty life. And then... Yeah. Ethelred took that from her, but then Ethelflaed took away her own chance at love, and I was so mad at her. Yeah, but we can talk about that in a minute. Okay. I, it makes sense. That that part makes sense due to, like, you know, the, like, sociopolitical constructs of the day. I get that one. Um, 
But so we have this situation where now all of a sudden Edith, who's like the king's mistress, which I thought was a really interesting thing, right? She's the king's mistress. And then the king's widow is like, you need to go find my lover mm-hmm. and to tell him this is what, what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes and she essentially, um, Uhtred's like, how good are you with children? She's like, I'm not. He's like, perfect. You're hired. <laughs> perfect. Join the fucking club. <laughs> Which I thought was, like, all of it was delightful. Like, I thought the whole, all of that stuff with the kids was great. Um, and then... Especially because you'd have, like, these shots of them, like, running through the forest and, like, trying to avoid death. And then at night they're all, like, snuggled up to Edith. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. I know, it was really great. Um, But what I liked about her is, like, she was very fairly transparent with what she was doing because she's now in a situation she was the king's mistress Mm -hmm. and she knows her brother killed the king Mm -hmm. so she has this secret and now like she's she's got nothing Mm -hmm. ultimately so she doesn't have anything to lose by joining with Uhtred at this point not at all but like I think what she admires in Uhtred is what her brother didn't have which was integrity yes of course um, cause Uhtred, for all of the murdering that he's done, uh, he's, I don't think he's killed anyone other than in battle without like a good reason. No, he's got, <laughs> he's got some scruples when he does he's the killing. scruples. <laughs> uh, and he could have um, done two murders in this season yeah. that he didn't. And it pretty much came back to bite him in the ass, so... As it always does. It's fine. Um, so yeah, so that's, those are like our new characters and stuff. And then we had like the last half of the season was literally just, uh, Uhtred and his band of merry men trying to get these children to safety of some kind, Mm -hmm. uh, while Ethelflaed's daughter has the sickness. And like failing each time. Oh, miserably. It was so... But nevertheless, they succeeded. That's what made me so... (laughs) 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 Nevertheless, she persisted. Um, I found it so annoying when they had that whole, like, not communication, but just, like, geographical time separation of, like, well, we're supposed to meet him here, but it's been so long, and she takes up her horse and leaves, and then they, like, literally come over the hill that second. Yeah. I'm just like, you know, you know you live in these times. You know there's no other way to communicate. You need to fucking sit, and you need to fucking wait, my dude. Oh, and especially because the plan was to go there. Mm -hmm. So, like, why would he have gone elsewhere? Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, yes. It's true. Um... But, uh, yeah, so, yeah, then the the sickness plotline is an interesting one, because I think it's, like, actually historical. Mm. Like, I, I feel like I remember doing some looking when I read the books, and I'm pretty sure there was some kind of a plaguey thing happening during Edward's reign. So they kind of... Because don't forget, in. like, some of these people are real people. Like, Uhtred is not yeah. a real person, right? Finnan is not a real person. Citric's not real. But Ethelflaed is. Yeah. Edward sure And, was. like, oh, boy, was he. And Ethelflaed is known as, like, the Lady of Mercia. So, like, you know, she was a real person. Um, but, so they added some actual real historical elements into this. And I think that's where the sickness plotline came from. Which I appreciate on one level, because it was adorable for Finnick to be like, it's the air. It's the bad air. <laughs> did they touch you? I'm going to wash you off with water. Where did they touch you? <laughs> when he's like, anyone who shits liquid is 
he's staying behind. Yeah, like he was such a germaphobe. So funny. When I was like, I'm sorry, you spend all your time in a fucking pub sitting on goddamn, like, shit constructed everything when you're in a town. Like, this is what you're upset about, my dude. But it was funny because I mean he's I mean he's Irish right is the the implication is that he's Irish which is so funny to listen to the actor talking to his Scottish accent. I know when I listened to um, that clip you sent me yesterday I was like, wait who's speaking? <laughs> I know like it's crazy it's absolutely insane. Um, but it's funny because knowing what I know like from my limited experience with Irish people that's sort of like weird um, fixation on, you know, the bad air is not uncommon even today. Really? Yeah, there's still a, there was still very much a... Like a miasma understanding kind, of disease? Kind of, yes. Which it makes me very curious to know how they're dealing with right now. Oh, for sure. <laughs> in in certain ways. Because, yeah, like, I there there's still, not so much in the city, but, like, when you get out into the small towns and stuff where you have, you know, people that are a lot more... Um, I don't know, sort of versed in the old ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if that, if those beliefs are still sort of prevailing because that didn't surprise me at all that of all of them, he was the one who was like, nope, this is exactly what's going to happen. This is all terrible. We're all going to die. But then like totally ignored how, whatever her name, Ethelwyn, was that what it was? Elfwyn? Elfwyn. God, such a yeah. stupid name. Was absolutely, totally sick. <laughs> <laughs> like there's no question. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was good watching them with all of the kids. I like I would I would watch an entire season of just that. Me too. Also, an just... entire season of the Finn and Edith Osworth love triangle because Osworth <laughs> is absolutely in love with Edith, and Finn is also in love with Edith, and I think Edith is leaning towards Finn for obvious reasons. Well, I think I think she is too, but then she made that comment in the in season in episode ten where uh, whatever she I can't remember what the the context was, but she said something about how all the people who care for um, me are she gone. Cares, yeah, are, are gone, and Finn the look on Finn's face is just absolutely stricken. Mm-hmm. And in his head, I was probably like, fuck. He's like, what else can I do? I know. He's like, how can Other she Other than look at her longingly. So <laughs> obtuse. And rescue her from the two shield walls. Yeah. Good lord. Oh, I know. But absolutely, I, I need to see them bang next season, please. Oh, yeah. Like, Finna needs to be banging somebody, for sure. Instead of just, like... Because he always talks, about, yeah, he always talk, but he always talks about how he needs to find himself a woman. Like that's a thing he talks about, and he's always critical to Osforth over like being inexperienced. Yeah, yeah, and then and I think like a little part of him is jealous that Citric is married, which like we don't see his wife very often because they're never in the same place. But you know, Citric has a wife, mm-hmm. and he's faithful to his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that, like, in terms of relationship and whatever, I think this is the first time with Uhtred that we have seen him with someone that he legitimately cares about. I think he cared about Gisela. I think so, but I think that, like, the connection that he has with, um, Ethelflaed, it goes, yeah. it's like, there's something about it that's just, there, it, there's much more depth. It and... seems like it's, it's a lot of mutual respect. Yes. Like, he he talks a lot about how, like, if we go to Cookham, like, I can protect you there. But 
Like, Ethelflaed doesn't need protecting. She went to fucking, (laughs) like, northern Daneland and won back the fortress by herself. Yeah. Like, she doesn't need you to do that. Fucking badass. This is why I was hoping that she would say, okay, if I, like, I will take the throne and promise to, instead of, like, being chased, which I thought was so stupid and so heartbreaking because he's just standing there just like, how could you? I'm right here. Um, Have her be like, what if I married Uhtred? We're both widows. Like, you voted him in. Clearly you trust him. I have lived in Mercia. I am Lady of Mercia. Like, we could do this together. Yeah. But no. Um, No, I think, well, I think part of the, the thing, if I remember correctly, too, from what's coming later, I think it has, I think part of, and it might have been elaborated on in the book that wasn't it was very clearly not elaborated on in the show is it has to do with him and his own home right like part of part of all of that is he still wants Bevenberg but he was his... willing to be king of Mercia he was but I don't think he was willing to be I don't I don't think that Uhtred would be able to be the husband of the ruler. Like, do you know what I mean? I feel like... I think he totally could if it was Ethelflaed. Like... Well, maybe. There's maybe. there's something about them where they are so good at working together. Which made, like, her betrayal of being like, yeah, I'm gonna allow Sura to go with the Danes. And he's like, after everything we did to ensure that your child was not used as a bargaining chip? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, they're Except so that, dumb. Like, they're so dumb. Well, no, they're not. What? No. She said she'd be um, chased. Yeah. He won't respect that. <laughs> Just don't worry about it. It's fine. Um, no, I think the thing with Stuart that I thought was really interesting is that, like, Uhtred, I think, once... When we first met her, like, I really liked her. Mm-hmm. And then when um, Edward's men came to find Elflin, she was just like, nope. She's already gone. Someone named Uhtred took him. Took her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never met him before. <laughs> I was just like, Jesus I'm Christ. just a peasant girl. Yeah, and just like her and her just hiding in that, you know, just sitting there. And then like just sitting on top of the bench that Alfred is, is hiding in. And like, all, I thought it was so, so great. Um, and it was funny because as I was going on, I was like, where the fuck are the kids? And then I realized like, I was like, oh, of course they're not in the house. Why would they be in the house? That's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're just like out in Like hiding know, out behind in the bush. a single bush. Yeah, they're just, like, in the garden. Yeah. <laughs> just hanging out. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but if, what I liked about her is it was very clear that as much as, like, you know, she was happy to see her father, the best part of all of that was her, like, with Finnan and Citric and Oscar. Yeah, she gets fucking <laughs> crunk with them in Mercia. And I'm like, Finnan, how are you allowing this? Because he was very, very protective of her. To, I think partially, like, they're still afraid of Uhtred and what he will do to them if something happens to, like, someone that he cares about. I think that there's, like, that element of fear. Mm-hmm. But she very well, like, she fit in so well with the three of them. Mm-hmm. It was unbelievable. <laughs> like, Finnan enjoyed it so fucking much. And Citric is just there, like, shaking his head. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, Finnan was, Finnan, like, to him, it, like, to me, with him, it felt like this was, like, the little sister that yeah. he maybe did have or whatever. Like, it was just somebody that he could look after. Mm-hmm. Totally um, agree. 
I thought, without any sort of expectation on that. Right? Yes, like, absolutely. Which is so important at that time. I thought Citric was gonna die. Did you? For sure, for sure, for sure. Thought he was gonna die when they were hung up. With how panicked everyone yeah. was. And then yeah. he gets cut down first, and then they're like, <laughs> go kill the day who's attacking you. After you were literally unconscious ten seconds ago. I know, I thought that was a little bit ridiculous too. That was the thought that I had. I was like, wait a minute, that would have taken a lot longer to deal with. Yeah, how was he supposed to do that? He literally had so much blood rushing to his head. Like, oh yeah. my god. But yeah. they got the job done, as yeah, they, they do. Sh- Boy, did they. They did a great job of that. Um, and it was just, of course, very fortuitous that uh, Edith was off whatever the fuck she was doing. And that Heston just walked away. Fuck Heston, for real. He it's was true. such a shit. Like, he's the new Ethelwald. Oh, yeah, he's awful. Like, when he sold um, Canute's children to Uchran for For essentially nothing. passage? Yeah, yeah. Which that little that little gambit that they tried was amazing. Yeah. When they pretended to kill one of the babies, yeah. One of the babies. That was awesome. Cause like that whole that whole arc with um Canute. Canute and Brita sort of after after Ragnar's death, you know, and Canute very clearly is like in love with Brita and that's been that was made clear before Ragnar died. Mm-hmm. Um, that he wanted her. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole arc I thought was really interesting. And then when she finds out that Canute is the person that directed Ethelwald to kill Ragnar, Ragnar I was like, whew. I was like, Brita's not going to be very happy. And boy, she was not. No. Can we talk about Brita for a second? We can. <sighs> I understand her motivation completely. She has been betrayed and let down by literally every man and leader she's ever had. And how could she have expected Uhtred to kill her? I know. I mean, I get why. I understand why she... I understand why she thought that he would. But after Um, all this time... Because of the length that he had gone to, to send Ragnar to Valhalla. Yeah. I, you know, like, I can understand her, her expectation Mm -hmm. that maybe he would, but, like, I don't know how she could expect someone to kill their oldest and dearest friend, Mm -hmm. ultimately. Right? Like, it's bad enough that, you know, Bianca had died, and it's bad enough that all of these people that Uhtred has been close to have died. Yes, Diaba, too. Um, you know, and and it's it's bad enough that he's been through all of these terrible situations, and I don't know. Like, I get where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Because if he kills her with her sword in her hand, she can go to Valhalla, she can be, be with, with Ragnar, Ragnar. And, and I get that. But, like, I don't know how, what she know like, with what she knows about him and how he doesn't. That's not his bag, baby. Yeah, he would never, he would never do that. No. And I, I understand why she asks him to. I understand why he doesn't do it. But I don't really understand why she's so angry with him. No. And that's the thing, I mean, too. I was, like, really surprised how she 
became like a major villain of the second half of the season mm-hmm. and yet again at the end in the courtyard and she stabbed him and i was like oh fuck <laughs> mm-hmm. but then he gives her good advice he says there's nothing left to fight for like you have a baby like go yeah. go somewhere be at peace find somewhere to live and have a sense of fulfillment because you're not you're not going to get it here and i'm never going to do that to you yeah yeah well and and the thing with her that i find really difficult because i just i watched all of the seasons leading up to this one so like all of her story is sort of fairly fresh Mm -hmm. the thing i find i've found with her all the way through that's really difficult is that she is perhaps more black and white than utrid is Mm -hmm. like there is right and there is wrong and there is absolutely nothing Nothing in in between between. yeah whereas he has a little bit of a gray area on either side of those things yeah he doesn't have a very, a very. There's not a lot in between right and wrong for him, but he does make choices. Mm-hmm. Where I think for Brita, there are only two options in every situation, and it's like her way or the wrong way. And it's not even her way. It's it's the way of the Danes. It's the way of the gods. Like it's the way of the culture that she. Yes. Was brought and, up and in, for, and she's and trying her... so hard to be true to that. And for her to be so judgmental of. The Christian way of doing things is a little bit hypocritical, yeah. Because she's she's exactly the same mm-hmm. as the fanatics, yeah. Just with different gods, mm-hmm. and I don't know that she recognizes that. No, I think she's so she's so focused on the betrayal she feels from Uhtred that I think she's just she's absolutely lost perspective. Yeah, and and the whole, I mean, it was awful to watch and to see her, like, down in that pit and the way that they treated her and whatever. And then what I found really interesting was how when Sig Trigger shows up ultimately looking for her, Mm -hmm. um, which, again, like, how the fuck? But anyway, whatever. It's fine. Like, I don't understand how anyone found any places ever anywhere. Yeah, no idea. But no idea. And also, also, this is like a geography question, like a, a geography complaint, like leap year style. Yeah. I did some looking about how <laughs> far some of these fucking places are apart from each other. Oh, and it's days and days and days and days. And like, like Bebenburg, which is like Bamberg. Yeah. Um, in Northern England. Is like three hundred miles. Yeah, do you know how much fucking walking Winchester. Father Pierlick did this season by himself? <laughs> but he like, walked but all like, the way to Wales. I know. <laughs> but like, but here's the thing: like Winchester and Bamberg are about three hundred miles, like on roadways now. So maybe a little bit shorter, you know, whatever. But I was like. <sighs> Horses need brakes. Mm-hmm. Like you could, if your journey is a hundred miles, you can ride. Oh, you could get there in a day. Mm-hmm. If you're stopped after the day, but like if your journey is three hundred miles, you're gonna need easily a week. Oh, for sure, at least, if not more, to get there. Yeah, because you you can't if you're gonna run your horse that much, you have to give them brakes after like fifty to sixty miles. Like you can't you can't run them that long. And so I was like, how much time is passing 
in between all of this. Yeah, for and, sure. You know what I mean? Like, and, and where, like, do, do the people in the show know that, like, the seasons need to change a bit? Like, because there's no way that all the stuff is... Everything was summer. Yeah, like... <laughs> I know what you did last summer. Like, it's just fucking nuts. Like, there was just, to me, the, the geography is starting to become problematic, especially with the introduction of Wales. When everything was in Wessex, it made fucked. so much more sense, yeah. Or everything's in Mercia. Like, that's all along the south. So, like, that, whatever. But as soon as you start expanding into the north and then, like, going towards Wales, I'm like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This, we're, we're expanding this kingdom so much now that, like, it's crazy. I don't believe I don't believe the the travel anymore. No, especially when you have like so many coincidences happening. Like, oh, we're here searching mm-hmm. for the legendary Brita. It's like you came all the way from Ireland for that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like I found so it's interesting that her that Brita's like reputation precedes her um, in so many ways, right? Because oh, like, I, I mean, believe that, it. She's fucking fierce, dude. Oh no, she absolutely is, and and I believe it too. But and, and it shows the difference I think between like the Danish culture and the Christian culture mm-hmm. that like she as a woman in battle is given just as much respect as these men, mm-hmm. which I find really really fascinating because um, it's very clear on the other side of things that like you know the women are not given the same no. respect. Well, the fucking um, eldermen of Mercia having a ship when. Ethelfled could we cannot have a woman be the lord of mercy and it's just like go fuck yourself uh-huh um and so so Brita's reputation precedes her and then as she's like quite pregnant um you know leads these Danes to take um Wessex, with, Wessex no, yeah. with with no bloodshed mm-hmm. well and well, but very little. In in the grand scheme of things, yeah. very little. Like, all things considered. And what I found really interesting is that Brita, because she's that, like, black and white, sort of, we're going to do it this way or we're, or we're not doing it. Um, and as much as she likes to think that she's in control of this, she's very much not. Mm-hmm. And Sigtrigger is the person who's, like, very in control of this situation. And I think this is the first opponent to Uhtred that we've seen who has the same kind of, like, battle mind that he does. Yeah. Like, I'm not gonna fight a battle that I know I'm gonna lose. I'm going to use whatever advantages I have, and sometimes that means a retreat. Yeah. And I was impressed by how they were able to, like, come to a same conclusion when I was like, I'm sure Uhtred's just, like, fucking going crazy about Mm -hmm. his daughter. Like, it's been Mm -hmm. 30 days. Mm-hmm. And he still had the... He was able, unlike Edward, to keep his emotions out of it and be like, mm-hmm. we need to come to a fucking conclusion here. And everyone right now is at a disadvantage, so we need to work together. Well, and I thought what was really interesting about that is when Uhtred and Sigtrigger are then in there, like, negotiation, and Brita's, or Heston is listening. Yeah. Um, and then tells Brita what's happening, and Brita is just fucking furious. Yeah, because to that her, there's might... there is no negotiation ever. No, that Uhtred might get something that he wants out of this. Yeah, because um, she wants him dead, mm-hmm. or she thinks she does. I don't think she actually wants him dead. I think she thinks she does. I think again... she wants him to kill her. Like I think she's yeah. The she's only trying one... to provoke him. Yeah, because she's the only one who that she feels it would be 
a good end for her. Yeah, like, she's trying to provoke him into into a fight. Yeah. And as much as he likes to fight, he's not going to fight her. No. Because deep down, I think he still cares about her. Of course he much. does. Um, and she doesn't know how to deal with that. Yeah. Because she sees him as the ultimate, the sign of ultimate betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole, like... That whole negotiation piece, ultimately, between Sigtrig and Uhtred, I thought was really, really interesting. Because you could kind of... It was like a chess match. And you could see it played out that, like, they're both very, like, hyper-intelligent about... In this particular scenario. Yeah. Um, and they are both very well aware that this battle, whatever it's going to be, is not going to end well for either side. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the bloodshed does happen right near the end, I was just like, ah, oh, fuck. I know. Um, and then, yeah, the two shield walls was fascinating to to look at. Yeah, especially to see, like, how quickly everyone was willing to, like, stop fighting. Because it's essentially, yes. like, a defensive measure, right? But yeah. each, it was chaos, and then each group, like, immediately divided. Well, because I think even regardless of, of the chaos, I think there's still... And it, the show does a really good job, I think, of, of establishing this. Is like, as much as all of these people have their own motivations and their own whatever, like, there is still a, an order and a hierarchy and, and, and a social structure that needs to be followed. Yeah. And when your commander tells you to get in the shield wall, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, you're going to die. Yeah. Either by the right. enemy's hands or perhaps someone else. Or perhaps someone on your side, mm-hmm. you know, later on. And so, like, there's still that that command structure that exists. Um, and I liked the mirror image of the two of them standing on either side of this. Mm-hmm. And just, like, yelling <laughs> over the din. <laughs> it was ridiculous. As Finn and rescues a woman like the fucking hero he is. Oh, God, he's such a hero. He's great. Um... <laughs> I really I like him. I like I liked him from the first time that we met him. I love him. Because he had that he had that like little bit of sass to him. Oh he's that, like a scamp. Oh he is without but he's, I mean he also but he also has like the Irish brogue to go with. Like there's a lot of things about it that I was like, I like this character very much. Especially and, when he's like people ask Udrid what's the plan and Finn is like, he doesn't have a plan. Are you fucking kidding me? We've been with him for ten years, he doesn't have a fucking plan. <laughs> He's never had a plan. He's probably thinking of one right now. Nope, he's fucking his, his lover. That's what's happening right mm-hmm. now. Like, it's just... Oh, boy. But yeah, it was interesting how, like, all that dynamic all shifted there at the end. And you have these two commanders with, like, very obvious mutual respect. Mm-hmm. Because they both... They came to the conclusion that there could be no fighting. Mm-hmm. Or should be no fighting. Not that there couldn't be, because there was. But, like, that it had to stop. Yeah, well, each... They were just essentially gonna decimate each other. And, like, yeah, what's and the point in that? Yeah, what's the point in, in decimating your own force to not really gain anything mm-hmm. or retain anything? Um, and oh, then Edward was the... just all for it. <laughs> oh, of course he was, because he's a king and he's an idiot. I'll fucking throw um, all my men against this wall. Yeah. Idiot. Well, and yeah, and, and just the thing with Edward, like, he's just a spineless little shit like his father. No, I I don't think so. I think he's incredibly insecure. I don't think Alfred was insecure. I think Alfred was overconfident and a bit too calculating when it wasn't perhaps necessary. 
Well, and even, yeah, like, even even just how long Alfred waited, right, to get involved in certain mm-hmm. situations to see if he could sacrifice, you know, his, like, peasant soldiers first mm-hmm. before, you know, his more professional, quote-unquote, force. But Edward, it's the same thing, right? Like, waiting until the last minute to show up. Uh, and then not listening to people who clearly know what's better. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Uh, for sure, for sure, right. for sure. And I mean, yeah, and, and part of it maybe is, like, coming out from his father's shadow. Um, and sort of dealing with with some of those things. But, like, the way that, that Edward had all of these opportunities to listen to people around him and just chose not to. Yeah, just threw him out the window. super frustrating. fucking frustrating. Absolutely. Especially when it was, like, clearly this is the wrong choice. Like, how could you ever think that that was the right choice? Well, and, like, when when he's not listening to Uhtred, like, and I understand there's probably some mistrust and other th- like, whatever, fine. But, like, you know that at the end of the day, the things that Uhtred has done for Wessex, for your family, mm-hmm. like, he's done them ultimately without, I mean, sure, he's, like, rebelled against it a little bit, but he's done the things that have been asked. Every him. single time. Every fucking time. And I'm just yeah. like, how, how could you not trust him? Like, like he, how, how are we still at that point where we don't trust him? Yes, it's been, what, 15 years at least? Basically, yes. Like, good lord. Um, And that was the thing that I thought was interesting. Like, so he with... took your dad hostage once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one time. Whoops. Um... But, like, I also, like, I think that, you know, when we look at, um, at, at Elswith and, and her sort of shift in her perception of Uhtred. Mm-hmm. Because um, I feel, and I understand, I think, a little bit of her before, right, when she's, when, when Alfred was still alive. I understand why she wouldn't trust him. Like, it makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. Well, they've been but fighting think, the Danes for ages yeah. and ages and ages and one just shows yeah, up and is like I'll find for you and she's like uh-huh, I don't think so but I think now that she's had that opportunity to see what he is away from that mm-hmm. and then at one point doesn't she ask him to like, like isn't like isn't he been like requested to like guide her somewhere like to take her somewhere yeah yeah and at her request yeah um, because she finally realizes that like he's he is someone that she can trust mm-hmm. and that he will do the thing that is required of him. Yeah. When, when like she and Ethelstan and Stura are <laughs> taken captive by Heston. And just before that, she's like ordering Uhtred around and he's like, I'm not listening to you. <laughs> like, yeah. He just ignores <laughs> her and her fucking rants. He's just like silent the whole time. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny too watching watching like Finn and Cedric and they're just like fucking building this fucking tent for this you know uh, ugh, whatever mm-hmm. you know just trying to like just make it happen as best they can. Did you also think that her talking about the flowers was a ruse, the poison flowers, when she was in like captive with mm. Ethelhelm and whatever the fuck his annoying daughter is called. Mm-hmm. I thought that was bit. like a trap. I thought it was too, but I don't think so. Nope, nope, sure don't. <laughs> She's very sick. She's very, very ill. But it was interesting too, like having her do that, and then having um, Edith essentially try and poison um, Elfwin to make her better, like the same kind of, you know what I mean? Like the same. <laughs> yeah. I thought that, that was an interesting. 
I thought that was an interesting thing. And Osford was like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. What do I do? What do I do? Oh, I know. He's just like, he's so lost. He's like, Richard's going to fucking kill me if this girl dies in my care. Yeah, like, but also but also the pretty lady says I should do that. Like, so I will. The thing that I thought was really an interesting choice, too, and I, I like that they did it this way, um, was when Uhtred didn't kill, what's his nuts, the commander of the guard? Yeah, Airdwolf. Yeah, yes. I don't know why I can't remember his name. Anyway, it's a dumb name. When he, when it is. When he doesn't kill him there when he's, like, sleeping in the forest. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, okay, so this, this is gonna happen. Like, it was a good choice. And then when Edith, like, reveals the truth of what her brother did. Mm-hmm. Uh, to his guards, I thought was phenomenal. Me too, because they turned on him in a fucking second. Yeah. Like, as soon as they saw that ring, they were like, uh, bye bye Yeah, they're like, uh, and we're not going to take this child into captivity, so it's all good. We're fine. Take care, guys. See you later. Like, I mean, they're gonna come into conflict at some point in time again, right? But it was just, it was fascinating. And then at the end, when he's like, when, you know, she yells out about you know, when they're going to kill him or whatever, and he's like, no, I don't know who she is. And I was just like, oof, that's tough. But at the same time, it's good for her, ultimately. Because if she doesn't have a tie to him, it's probably a good thing. Well, yeah, considering, like, he was extremely (laughs) abusive to her when she was like, this isn't the right plan anymore. Like, he's obviously really sick. All we need to do is wait, and Ethelred will die. And he's like, no, we need to step it up. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he's like, yeah. you bitch, yada, 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 yeah. you coward. And she's like, what is going on with you? Like, he he went fucking berserk. Well, and then I felt bad for her at the end. I mean, I understand why, why Ethelred had to send her away. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like, and her rationale makes perfectly good sense. Like, you know, you can't keep your your dead husband's mistress around looking after your child. Um, yeah. For, like, appearance's sake. And I get that. Um, but I felt bad for her. Me too. She had proved because herself she, and it wasn't really a reward at all. No, no. And she had found, she had proved herself, but she also found a place where she belongs. Yeah. Right, and she found a thing, which is funny when that question is asked of her earlier. Are you any good with kids? And she's like, no. <laughs> Apparently, she's fine with them, right? And I like, I felt bad for her mm-hmm. that that was how that ended. But I really liked how that was dealt with, and how like Ethelflaed is like, I can't keep you around for this reason, but I will make sure you're looked after. Yeah, and I was surprised at how this season, how cold Ethelflaed got, just in terms of her kind of negotiations and reactions to people Mm -hmm. because in the first few seasons she was just like no I will never do this like it's not fair to people who are loyal to you like you earn respect with respect and love and like there's a reason that Marcia loves her because she's she's not a tyrant you know like so that was... I don't think she turns in. I don't think she's going to turn into a tyrant. No, I don't I think so correctly. either. I was just worried that she's becoming a little bit too Edwardly by the end of it. I think she's. I think she's going to become more like her father. Hmm. I think because she's very she's very intelligent as well, right? And and she I think she can be very calculating when she needs to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we saw that in in little bits and pieces in this season. Uh, and I think that that decision that she makes, where she says that. She'll be chased. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's very cal- it's a very calculated decision, and I think it is like utterly painful for both of them. Oh, it was heartbreaking. I gasped. Like because you could see it on his face that he's just absolutely crestfallen, but you could see it in her face as well. Yeah, um, but she knows understa- that like she has to sacrifice something in order to save the kingdom, and he understands that as well. Mm-hmm. Which, like, but watching their their reactions to it was just absolutely like it was. It hurt a lot mm-hmm. to watch the two of them like come to this realization that they couldn't. But my question is, here's okay. my question. I mean, I guess if, if Ethelred's still alive, it's one thing, but I was like, she just fucking neutered all the time. And, like, so if she just all of a sudden ends up pregnant again, like, everyone's just going to assume that it's her husband's? That's when she gives birth thinking. to, like, a 14-pound baby? Like, <laughs> With a fucking know what I mean? mohawk? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? I was just, part of me was just kind of like, like, I get it. But how do you explain that away? Oh, for sure. Like... They've been fucking for a while. How have you not had a scare already? Or how are you not with child? Because we know Udrid is capable of reproducing. (laughs) He's had (laughs) a few kids, not all of whom are alive today. No, no, because there was, like, Brita had miscarried. Mm -hmm. And then... Mildred. Mildred, and there's then their son died, right? Yep. When the other, you're right. When um, what's her face saved Alfred's baby? Yeah. Yes. Was that Edward that she saved? Yeah. Sure was. No. Yeah. Fucking Edward. Fuck that guy, man. He sucks so much. Yeah. Here's my question also, for you. Okay. What did you feel? Let's assess everyone's looks this season. Uh, Uhtred is a fifteen. 15- Hundred out of ten. Absolutely, the tunic. Like, yes, holy the fuck. arms. Yes, the hair. Yes, everything about it. Perfection. So good. So good. I also really liked what Ethelfled had going on. Okay, so the other thing about Uhtred that we have to, we I think we need to like assess. So in the basically the first time that we see him this season, he's fucking Ethelfled, and the first thing that we really see of him is his ass. Because there's a noise outside and he gets him to go investigate. And I was just like, oh, that's how this is going to be, hey? Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, and we then get you a... see his ass again later when he gets yeah. fake baptized. <laughs> I feel like that wasn't the first time, though. Haven't we seen his ass before? Well, we've seen his ass before, but, like, there was just, I don't know, all of a sudden, it was just, to me in this season, I was just like, oh, Okay. I guess that's where we're going this I time around. I appreciated it. Cool. There was much oh. less women objectification happening this season, and I There loved really it. was. It's true. It's true. And I think part of that is the characters getting older mm-hmm. and sort of settling into patterns rather than, like, you know. Like, Uhtred is not about sowing his wild oats anymore. No. No. Which has changed considerably, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, Uhtred, 1,500 out of 10, for sure. Absolutely. 100%. Um, loved Ethelfled. Loved to see mm-hmm. her in pantaloons on the battlefield. That was excellent. Yes, and and I liked, I really liked that she's, they didn't take away, like, in, in terms of the costuming, they didn't take away in any respect from her, like, femininity at all. No. But she was also fucking ready for battle. Absolutely. A lot more, um, like, utilitarian 
looks this season. Yeah, and she didn't have to, like, hide away either, which I also think is... And, like, this is, like, like at the flood of Mercia, like, for real. Mm-hmm. She was a warrior, right? Like, she was, like, a warrior queen. Um, and so I think that's cool that they, like, kept, that they've kept that in and that in the books they kept that part of her character in. Um, but it reminded me a lot of... Um, it reminded me a lot of, uh, what's her name in Lord of the Rings, Eowyn, when she, like, whips off the helmet and she's like, I am no man, which is, like, my favorite scene, I think, in the whole trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had that, like, sort of, that big presence. Mm-hmm. And very much showed how capable she was. Absolutely. On the battlefields. While also being, you know, an object of desire for really only one man at this point in time. No one else has eyes on her because she's married to the king, which is good. Well, I don't know. They, but no, but you know what I mean? Like, she's not, it's not like they're, there's, it's not the same as like with the Danes when they. Okay. So you mean like, like she's not being I mean? dressed as an object yes. of that. Gotcha. Yeah. 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 She's not being, she's not being portrayed that way. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, where, and part of that is of course, because she's married to the king and you know, and then of course once he dies, things all go to shit. But like part of that is also that she's kind of come into her own role, mm-hmm. and I think that the costuming reflects that. I would say, in contrast to Edward, who is just shooting down the spectrum towards femininity in all cases. Oh man, the longer hair and like the long dresses, like dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Although that's a really interesting, like, clean look for the because Alfred had that as well, right? I find that that look very interesting and clean. I guess so, but all that it implies is that he doesn't do work. (laughs) No, but it's very reminiscent, though. And I mean, his robes are obviously very, very, like, untarnished. Mm -hmm. But it's also it's interesting that the only other people that we see constantly wearing robes are uh, priests and nuns. But also fucking Ethelred. Which he was a fan of an open bathrobe was essentially what he was fucking rocking. Disgusting. Can we talk for a second about Uhtred making those nuns blush? (laughs) He wasn't even doing anything. He was just existing. (laughs) It was so funny. And he enjoyed it so much. (laughs) Oh, he sure did. It was just absolutely delightful. (laughs) Like, there was just something about that. It was like... I don't, I don't even know, because when I saw it, I laughed out loud, and I actually had to pause, and, like, I had to give myself a minute and then go back, because, like, it was just, it was so, like, such a light moment, which the show does not have very much of, no. that I was really kind of shocked by it. Yeah, well, especially because, <laughs> like, duh, he's a sex symbol. Oh, he's <laughs> like, so hot. Like, duh. there's no question. But it's just so funny that, like, the first... You know, the first glimpse we get of that in this season, other than Ethelflaed looking at him like he hung the fucking moon. Uh, are nuns in training? Are nuns, yeah. <laughs> People so who have sworn away yeah. <laughs> some chastity, and yet <laughs> King of Warriors just walks in, and they're just fucking swooning like they're uh-huh. freaking prostitutes trying to make a coin. 
Mm-hmm. It was so, and like, and it was just, they were, the, I don't know, those two girls, they played it to perfection, because they like, they sped up their walk, they like, did all the things that you would do when you see a super hot dude, when you're like, with your friends, so you can start talking about him, so he can't hear you, mm-hmm. right? Like, they just did all of the things. But it also like, so did another lap to do a second pass. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. They wanted to come around and see that from behind, but let's be honest. <laughs> they weren't going to make the baptism scene slow. No, no, not at all. Okay, sorry. We can carry on. Um, a look that I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed her changing costume, was Ellsworth. Yeah, me too. Like, just all, I mean, and the way that, the expressions that she had on her face, like, when they moved her to, small, like, smaller quarters and all of that, like, it was, she played it so, so well, and over the course of this season, obviously, like, with whatever, but she looked so much more haggard and... Mm-hmm. And, and exhausted by all of this. And it was so nice, finally, near the end, to see some elements of compassion from her. Yeah. When Ethelfled comes back. Yeah. And then when uh, she takes Ethelstan to see Edward. For sure, for sure. And, and like, her heart is just broken, broken when Edward wants nothing yeah. to do with him. But, <laughs> obviously, it's of her doing. But I appreciated, too, how... Like, she really stuck with that look for a long time. Like, even in, mm-hmm. in Mercia, like, she didn't change. Sure, she, she had, like, a huge escort to get there. But, like, there's something a lot less ostentatious about her now that she's mm-hmm. the widow. And I did mm-hmm. appreciate, too, when she was captive and when things kind of got bad... When she was like, this is nothing like the swamps we had to live in for a year. When Mm -hmm. it was hot and there were bugs and people were dying and we had no home. Like, this is, this is nothing. Like, we need to endure this and we can and we will. I was, like, really impressed by that. Well, and and I think she's, she's the kind of character I think that, like, while she was married to the king, well, she's married to Alfred, I think that, like, part of, I mean, she had his ear, Mm -hmm. but she didn't really have any power. Mm -mm. And she doesn't really have any official power now. No. But she doesn't care. She doesn't, but she, she feels like she should have loyalty. Yes. From her son. And I think she's actually earned that. And she's like, I have experience. I can help you. Like, I was by the king's side for freaking 25 years. Like, you don't think... I can have an opinion on this, like yeah, good lord, yeah. It's uh, no, I, I, and I, I liked, but I liked the look that she had mm-hmm. because as much as like the costuming, but it's also in in the actress as well. Her body language is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and like when when she enters the room, like she still holds that posture and that that look of you know, I'm a person. Of importance. Mm-hmm. And it rarely wavers. Which is... It was cool. Like, I liked that part yeah. about her. Me too. Um, I know you hate Citrix's hair. Oh, Citrix's look was so bad this season. And he had that stupid, like, shitty facial hair, too. He looked bonkers. Can you imagine being the actor having to do that? Shave half your head all the time. <laughs> um, But... I, like, I enjoyed, because there's been, like, subtle changes in their costumes as we've gone on. Mm-hmm. Like, for the most part, Finn and Cedric look the same, and Osforth, like, they look the same. Well, Osforth is still pretty, 
monkish. Yeah, but Lots but I, they, there's been there's been subtle changes in their costuming and stuff, and I I actually quite liked the costume, and I don't know if you noticed on Citric the the sheath for his sword, like the braided leather and stuff, super cool. Like there's some really cool details mm-hmm. on things like that that I think are really really neat. I know, like, and I know you hate this hair. I don't. It doesn't bother me nearly as much. Um, it just seems so stupid. Yeah, like. But it's the look, right? So there. I feel like I'd have to like go back and do some reading, but I feel like part of that is explained mm. somewhere, if I remember correctly. Because like, there's something about it that makes him more of a Dane. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like Uhtred's hair, I totally understand. Mm-hmm. He's a stallion. I get it. <laughs> Finn's, I get it's a fucking disaster all the time. Finn's hair is a disaster. Um, but I also it's also funny to me because so much time passed in this season, mm-hmm. um, and Finn's hair did not change at all. No, <laughs> like it didn't grow at all. Like it was just exactly the same. And like Citrix's head was always shaved too. Like as yeah. much and as these head are was boys on the road, these are some down, fucking but, pruning yeah. boys too. Yeah, yeah, and and like and it, but Uchiter was also like shaved perfectly mm-hmm. at all times. Always done um, up in his nice horsey braid. Yeah, which like, but it's yeah, it's funny. Like Finn is the one that I think cracks me up the most because um, it's very clear that the actor who plays Uhtred can't grow a real beard. Like that's very clear <laughs> because he would have like a mountain man beard if we were to if the rest of this was to be believed, right? So like. Finnan has a, a full beard the whole time, mm-hmm. but it's, like, perfectly groomed. It's so funny, like, we're noticing all these things <laughs> for, <laughs> for time passage. And, like, I would say that the kids also didn't <laughs> age or change or anything no, like not that at all. either. No, not at all. Um, the only yeah, one who did I'm... is Elswith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's just because, like, the weight of the world was on her shoulders. Yeah. Um, no, I, but I, I mean, I liked, I like the look of both, like, I like the look of, of Finnan and Citric, and I think it's, it's, it's the piece of them that, you know, everybody sort of knows who they are. Mm-hmm. And associates them with Uhtred. Like, so, I, I mean, that's fine. There's, there's nothing, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Like, they rarely have opportunities to be like individuals so i understand why citric i just realized yeah. that like i hate his name so much because it's citric like citric acid and it's just <laughs> it's a bad mouth feel finnan great um, love it utrid great love it citric too many consonants not into it um and the, the like you say about their identity like there was it was nice that there were moments where they were away from utrid as well mm-hmm um, because, like, I, I feel like, and, and I mean, in the books it does it as, it as well, but it shows them as, like, warriors and leaders in their own right. Mm-hmm. As much as they follow Uhtred and, like, obviously they still call him Lord and whatever, whatever. Like, as much as that all happens, they're very much on equal footing. Yeah, well, <laughs> when they're trying to convince the freaking barmaid that they're <laughs> the Lord of Mercy's... <laughs> greatest advisors and she's like sure you are can you even pay for this ale i'm gonna give you (laughs) that was amazing like that's absolutely incredible Mm -hmm. um 
but but like they're very much on equal footing and so i feel like the appearance and the way that they're costumed is like to show us that they each have a specific sort of role to play Mm -hmm. in that little trio and osford is part of it as well but he's still dressed like a monk so he's not quite there yet and well i don't think he's ever gonna give that up though like no i don't think he is either i think he's he's to me he's just like fire talk in exactly. Like, exactly. He's he's part of this band of merry men, but he will always be like Brother Osforth. And so too is young Uhtred, who yeah. was plucked from the fucking monastery, and then within I don't know days is like scheming and manipulating people <laughs> and stabbing people. And I was like, what happened? What happened to you? Who hurt oh, you? Just... Oh, it was your father, right? <laughs> He's just so pure and guileless. It's wonderful. Fucking crushed it. Love yeah. to the kids. They did such a yeah. great job. Ethelstan they... seriously is going to be a fucking serial killer later on. What is your oh. name? It <laughs> is a secret. One. I yeah. am no one. I have been told <laughs> not to tell my name. <laughs> oh, man. So good. So, so, so good. And it's really funny because, like, obviously, if you know, like, you you know who it is. But, like, Finnan and them don't. And, and it's just like, oh, didn't you know this is who it is? Yeah. P.S. It's Edward's bastard child. Oh, okay. And they're just all like, oh, cool. It's just like, carry on. Well, I'd say Finnan was like... Uh, the future king of England is on my shoulders. Like, he had a little <laughs> bit of, like, gotta walk fucking straighter and more careful than he can yeah, crack like, this little dude's noggin. But man, him with, like, Ethelstan on his shoulders, um, it's just the absolute best. I was just like, oh man, I can't handle this right now. Oh no, they were so freaking cute. Yeah, it was great. It was good times. I say this season is a solid 15 out of 10. I loved pretty much everything about it. Yep. And there was something, too, about... Uhtred's fighting style this season where I don't know if you noticed but it was much less offensive like even when he's fighting um Brita and Strigard like he's he's moving away he's countering mm-hmm. but he's not attacking and I thought that mm-hmm. was really interesting this season well and I I think that over I think again it's like a function of of time as well right like he's starting to realize that um he can't, well yeah, he's starting to realize that he's maybe not quite as uh, physically able as he was mm-hmm. before, which I think we notice in Outlander too, right? With Jamie and how he's like much less likely to get into like armed conflict as he is to like yeah. battle people uh, mentally first. Um, but I also think that like the defeat at Bevenberg was is something that he's keeping one. in mind, yeah. right? Because like they went in on the offensive and got straight fucked. Yeah. And he's realizing that maybe he can't just go in without a plan anymore. Mm-hmm. And so, like, maybe, and maybe, like, countering defensively is his way of forming a plan when he doesn't have time to make one ahead of time. Yeah, for sure. Right, so he can, like, see what's happening and assess and then be like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. Yeah, because season one, he's just like, sure, I'll fucking ride out and stab someone who you want stabbed. <laughs> yeah. 17 people, no problem. Yeah. Might take some time. Make sure you pay me. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's not doing, like, it has nothing to do with money or anything like that for him anymore. No. Like, he just he's... wants peace. He's truly fighting for peace now. He really is, and he just wants to go home. Mm-hmm. Like he just wants wants to go back to his back to his castle and just stay there forever and have his kids. And yeah, oh my god, I just love his kids so much. They were so which, great. 
Which, like, when when Stira, like, goes with Sig Trigger, like, that whole... He's just, like, I mean, I don't think he likes it, but he definitely understands it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's so, like... He's, like, such a dad when he's, like, at first, when he when she says that that's what she wants. He's like, I forbid it. <laughs> yeah, and but also, like, he's, he's, like, worried that something has happened, and she, she's like, no, 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 I just... That's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's, and she was very clear about not wanting to go back to Cookham. So it's not like to us, it wasn't like a thing. No, I knew that was going to happen, but they're yeah, like, so much alike. So much alike those two. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I mean, the, the thing that like, you know, when, when you realize what she's doing is like, is she going to be, is she going to become like Brita mm-hmm. and become like a warrior, mm-hmm. which she's very capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I really would like to see more of with her is just more drinking with Finn and Citric and Alfred. Like, fuck, all of that. Like, I just, I just want, like, a couple episodes of just, like, just, like, small little things. Yeah, just fucking shenanigans. Yeah. And them trying to, like, find better horses than the ones, <laughs> and, like, trading up. And, like, just shit like that would be so or fun. Or just, like, scamming villagers in, yes. like, dice games for better yes. horses. Yes, and like, and Stuart could be like a distraction because she'd be a great distraction because mm-hmm. she looks very innocent when she wants to, and like I would just love to see that mm-hmm. because the casting that they've done and like and the way that those characters have been written, like she fit in so well with those three, like it was unbelievable. Well, when like Finnan and Osworth and Citric were guarding them. Uh, and the other kids, I was like, how much fun have they been having? <laughs> like, right. the fun uncles have been with you for approximately <laughs> three weeks. Yes. And nothing is getting done. Because everybody's no, absolutely having nothing. a fucking time. Well, and even, like, when, when, when Uhtred comes back and they have to, like, clear out so quickly, and Citric just, like, jumps down from the loft. Yeah. And, like, lands a foot away from just, him. Like, and ready she's, like, ready to stab him. <laughs> And you can tell that they were just like, you know, that that they were just like, yeah, this is how it's been. And and she's been telling us what to do and that's fine with us. Yeah. Because you know she's running the show. Mm -hmm. We need someone of Uhtred's blood to command us. (laughs) But yeah, I would, I would, I would love a couple episodes of just their shenanigans. Just like behind the scenes of Uhtred's masterminding is like these four idiots just like. (laughs) And then young Uhtred somehow is just like, oh God. Well, I, I really liked him being a little bit more level-headed and understanding things a bit more than she did because she's... Yes. Obviously, Cookham isn't where she wants to be, but she's talking about adventure and danger, and he's like, that's not what you want. You think it's what you want, but mm-hmm. I've been there and I've seen it, and it's not a good life, so just be careful. Mm-hmm. And they have a nice little relationship, too. Yeah, they do. It's good. It, it's good. And I like that we got to see them and then we got to, like, have that experience with Uhtred as a father. Because we haven't really had that at all. No. Except for when he's been, like, tasked with, you know, looking after other people's children, ultimately. But it was nice to see and him. And here he is again. Here, yeah. take Ethelstan. I don't yeah. care what you do with him. Bye! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, it was nice. It was nice to see him actually have the opportunity to, like, be a father. Mm-hmm. And again, like, show that range of human emotion that we don't, you know, that, like, other people might not necessarily get from him. 
No, because I was really concerned in the first episode because he just, like, kidnaps his son. And yeah. it's, like, so rude to him. And I was like, oh, boy, this isn't going well. Yeah. And then by the end of it, he's, like, heartbroken as his children are leaving him again. I know. Which, you know, fair enough. But I they feel that. confident to do that because he's given them yes. skills to make choices. Like, Yeah. And, like, I feel like young Uhtred and and his father don't have... A combative relationship anymore no. like the fact that the fact that he's you know a monk is not the end of the world no uh, whereas I think before I think that was like the kidnapping part of it was like to get him away from the from the evil Christians <laughs> ultimately and now he's just like well okay you go back to where you where you think you belong well it was nice at the end when like they have a little farewell and Richard is just like well I guess it all worked out. And Yahoo is like teasing him and being like, Well, I guess God was looking out for you after all. <laughs> He's just like Maybe it was me that did it, Father. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it was good. Watch The Last Kingdom, it's so good. It's so all good. all four seasons are on Netflix. And then read the books. That's what I'm doing. Right the books now. are really good. I just got started. Regner just bought Utrid. So that's okay. exciting. Yeah, it's the books are really, really. I, I like Bernard Cornell stuff generally, but like these books are really, really well done. Yeah, it's super great. I don't even. I think we should just wrap it up, Megan. This is so long. Oh my god. Um. So yeah. Sorry for all of the spoilers. <laughs> we don't care. <laughs> I was saying to my friend Erin because she's been watching Outlander as well. I don't know if she's caught up on this season at all, but I know she's like through season four. I said to her something i was like have you ever watched last kingdom she's like no what's it about and i told her and i was like i think i like it better than outlander and she was like what and i was like yeah i'm pretty sure i do yeah me too i wouldn't have said that last year but for sure i do yeah it's it's really well made it's really it's super well cast Mm -hmm. and i think part of the problem with outlander compared to this one is like is that the books are so long Mm mm-hmm and so there's only so much you can take out before the story starts to lose. Whereas, like, these ones are considerably shorter. Mm-hmm. They're, like, in the 300 to 400 page range. Yeah. Instead of, like, the 800 page to range. To fucking 1200. Good lord. Yeah. Which is why each season is roughly two books. Yeah. It's so nice. And it's so compact. It doesn't... We've said it before. It doesn't waste time. No. And it's... It, it doesn't waste time, but it also has incredible character development. Like, just like what we talked about with Elswit this season. Like, yeah, incredible. Love it. Well, and and it has, and it allows the opportunity. I think sometimes for, like, we know every time we see all of these characters getting together in larger groups that like some shit's going down at some point in time. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's just two people, two of our main characters, are like, no. Oh, everything's fine and then as soon as there's like five or six she's like oh something's happening and then when there's like nine of them on the battlefield they're like oh yeah someone's gonna die like it's just yeah. you know kind of what's coming but <laughs> and you take those one to two person <laughs> interactions so you would just hold them dear in your heart because they're so rare and they're so nice <laughs> yeah they really are there's like very few quiet moments in the show but when they happen they're very lovely mm-hmm. like they're really 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 nice and and even, they might be, like, ten seconds long, but the quiet stuff is really nice. Whereas yeah. I feel like with Outlander... There's a lot of quiet stuff. There's a lot of quiet stuff, yeah. and it just, it feels sometimes like the quiet stuff has been, like, I don't know what the word is. 
uh, that I'm looking for, but that the quiet stuff comes ahead of some of the ma- the big conflicts. Yeah. And then the big conflict stuff gets sort of rushed. Whereas I feel like in Last Kingdom, it's very much, it's very well paced. Mm-hmm. So like you have these people in this this situation, and we know that there's going to be a battle. There's like a battle in every book, so we know it's coming. You just have to kind of get to the point of where it sits, and then you're like, oh, okay. But in the middle of all of this, you have these characters doing stuff where you do get to know them a little bit better. And they have, like, over the course of this se- of this series, there has been, like you said, some incredible character development. And I feel like the characters that we have in Last Kingdom, the like, the main ones that we see all the time, are much more well-rounded than the ones in Outlander. But there's also... I feel like the stakes are also... <sighs> they're different in The Last Kingdom. Like, in this mm-hmm. season we a lot of people died like a lot of characters died some that were like well loved and some that were well hated and you have Mm -hmm. you have such an emotional tie to that whereas like Murtaugh died this season and you're like well duh we knew that was coming and Stephen Bonnet died and you're like okay I I'm glad that happened but there's not those are essentially like villainous people like in Mm -hmm. outlander villainous people die and that's it do you know what i mean like there's not there's not other like emotional stakes like Bree's not gonna die no no and i mean the the thing about last kingdom that we need to know is utrid's never gonna die so like he's practically immortal like so he's gonna get himself into some shit but like even when he gets stabbed or what like we know he's not gonna die because there's more Mm -hmm. there's more books right so like the stakes for him are kind of low but for the people around him so high very high so high because all he does is stupid shit much less stupid shit this season probably the smartest shit this season because I think for personally for him the stakes were higher. Mm-hmm. Because he had now not just like these other warriors around him, but he had other people that he had to deal with. Yeah, and he's like in love with someone again. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone that he like very legitimately wants to be with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I feel like all of the decisions that he made were with like this broader audience in mind rather than just himself. Yeah. Um, and so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I That's what I said to Erin. I was like, I like Last Kingdom better than Outlander. And she was like, what? And I was like, I do. You should watch it. So she started. She's in. Good. And just to convince her, I sent her a, like a season four promo pic of Uhtred. She's like, holy shit. And I was like, well, I'm just saying. Was it in like, the tunic with the long sleeve shirt? Because hello. It sure was. <laughs> it sure was. <laughs> it was very intentional. And I was like, this is what you have to look forward to in season four. And she was like, oh my god. <laughs> so there we go. It's a great show. You should watch it. That's all. You should. And uh, that's all we have for this week. Thanks for listening to us talk for two hours about historical TV shows. Love them. <laughs> uh, you can find us on the internet. Um, no, you can find our things on uh, all over the place. iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Probably. I don't even know if they're still on all of those things, but I'm going to pretend that they are. I think they are. You can find Kelsey on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> I did one tweet yesterday. Fuck, that was so fun. I was like, wait a second. Yeah, you're like, someone <laughs> tweeted from the account. And then you're like, wait, it's clearly Kelsey. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and I liked all your questions about how, like, you know, how has the layout changed? Yes, it has. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter, Garbage Fire Pod, or me on Twitter at Mig14. 
The website is fully updated. It is, yes. We had some technical concerns because the pages were going to nowhere. But we found them again. <laughs> we found them again. <laughs> Jesus Thank you, Tyler. Uh, uh, you can email us at garbagefirepodcast at gmail.com. Instagram. Garbagefirepodcast. Yeah, it's just going to be a picture of Richard this episode. Don't even sweat. Uh, yeah, it absolutely should be. Or just a video of him and Stitcher kissing with their horses. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was incredible when I saw that. Because I saw, I saw that before you'd sent it to me, but I was just like, I'm just going to wait. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, now I don't have to wait because you saw it too, so it's great. Uh, yeah, that's all we have for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.